Welcome to episode 26 of Mother's Ruin. Gracious me, 26. Mm-hmm. That's as many episodes as there are birthdays of 26-year-olds. Yeah, had. isn't that weird? That's mad, isn't yeah. it? God, when you think about it, <laughs> world's a crazy place, isn't it? <laughs> well, we had a great week last week, didn't we? Well, yeah, you, you certainly did. <laughs> yeah, we had, a, we had a lovely time, yes. We went to Forty St Paul's in Birmingham. Yes, we were in Birmingham. Uh, best gin bar in the world. Yeah, yes, best officially. gin bar in the, in the world. And they're making a new one, which is all exciting. They are. They're in the process of devising their new gin menu, which we got a sneak peek of. Yes, and it was did. amazing. Yeah, and we were in there for oh an hour hour and a half we drank about seven gins. seven gins it wasn't pretty on the way home and on the way home we even kept drinking yeah we got we were given a gin slushy an elderflower oh, gin God, slushy so my good. word it was bombay sapphire elderflower yeah and lemonade oh and slush oh it wasn't even that hot no still enjoying i it. know it was also uh, a man's birthday as well yes. the bar uh, manager there and um so he was in good spirits we tried a few things. I tried a, a Geneva because I'd never tried a Geneva before, which I was really ashamed about. And we did our History of Geneva episode. And so I said to Aman, right, we did this episode. I have to have a Geneva. And he recommended and brought me a Chief Gowanus New Netherland uh, Geneva. And... Oh, it was it was nice. I mean, you didn't like it, but that's only because you don't like the whiskey stuff makes us makes us heave. Yeah, I really really liked it. It smelled a bit like breakfast cereal. Yeah, and definitely didn't taste very ginny. Mm. It was more like a, a kind of a mild pale whiskey, just served over ice. But I I really enjoyed it. It was it was lovely. You tried a new one as well. It was Psychopomp, Psychopomp wasn't it? Yes, I enjoyed that. Which was very fennelly. Yes, it was. A, it was. A, it was. A, it was a botanical swine. Mm. Botanical health swine. It was, wasn't it? Yeah. We tried a few others, but we can't really remember much. No, genuinely, I, no. I, w- I wish we could. Yeah. But we had a lovely time anyway. It was a great, so it was was a great, great. birthday. Yeah. And they're going from strength to strength. New gin menu. The, the gin menu that they've got at the moment has uh, comes with a pair of 3D glasses mm-hmm. that you can use to look at one of the pictures inside there's some gorgeous artwork for each section they've got beautifully um designed artwork and one of them can be viewed in 3d with 3d glasses make sure that you look carefully though because oh matthew we're not going to talk about this are we sarah did make a mistake and she went what section's spidge okay so there's a beautiful picture of ganesh the uh hindu god um with the word spice written down the middle of the page which you can only read when you put the glasses on and i squinted at it and said what section's this spidgy spidgy yeah so we had a good old laugh yes, at your Yes, at expense. my expense. Yes. But I had a couple of gins by this point. Spidgy. Spidgy. Mm. It was an interesting font, all Ev- right. Everyone enjoys a spidgy gin. <laughs> anyway, now, this week we are going to be talking a bit about... Well, we're going to be talking facts and figures this yes. week. Yes, well, we all we all love a we all love a statistic. Yeah. In fact, uh, as Vic... A hundred percent of people yeah. love a statistic. But, I mean, you've got to remember, though... As Vic Reeves said, yeah. 98.3% of all statistics are made up on, on the spot. spot. So you've got to wonder whether these are right. But they are right. We've looked at the proper research. We've yes. looked at all the proper places. And we're having a look to to just come back with all the information that you need about gin in the form of numbers. Yeah, especially the gin industry. So yes. uh, it's a really positive good news <laughs> yes, story. Yes, it is a good news week. story because, uh, you know... 
all the others murder, death, witchcraft. Yeah, after gin and crime, we needed something a bit uplifting. Yeah. So let's have a let's have a lovely summary version of this show. Yeah, and we also we've got a tasting of some non-alcoholic gin alternatives, haven't mm-hmm. we? Pointless fluid. <laughs> That's what I call it. <laughs> well, you'll have to uh, wait and see how we find them. Yeah, let's see if see if they can convince us that alcohol is not necessary to make a decent gin. Yeah, they can't. Right, let's crunch some numbers. Some numbers about gin. Yes, all about gin and the gin industry and basically how well it's doing. Yes, it's it's doing awfully well, isn't it? Yeah, this is a very positive episode because it's... Yay! Yeah, it's all about how the gin industry is going from strength to strength. All muscles, all muscles all the time. Well done, the gin industry, for being (laughs) strong and muscles. I am enjoying a can, a new can. It's by the Boutique Gin Company, one of our favourites. We've got a uh, craft cocktails in a in a they can. Have. What which one did we have the other day? We had the pineapple. The spit roasted pineapple. That one, that was delicious. Uh, I had the cherry cola one, which yes. was unbelievable. But now I am enjoying a yuzu gin Collins. How is it? It is absolutely divine. Is it? Mm. Yeah, I mean the the pineapple one was amazing. Oh. As as was the cola one. The cola one, you wouldn't know that you were drinking a gin, really. No, no, it's like, you couldn't it's get like, much juniper in it. It, it came through quite uh, quite chocolatey as well. Mm. I thought it was it was delicious, absolutely right. lovely. Yeah. Um. So really recommend these. They're available yeah. in Selfridges. We picked up four cans. I think they're about three. 365 yeah, each something 330 like that. yeah I think it was in yeah. uh, in in uh, Selfridges yeah but we got uh, we got four of them we've got the moonshot gin as we've well which is just moonshot, a yeah. classic gin and tonic yes yes which will, I'm sure will be amazing because we've tried the moonshot gin that was really good gin yeah so tell me a bit about this uh, yuzu Collins then what are you tasting it's it's absolutely lovely it's got the um, the yuzu gin the London dry uh, yeah. boutique stuff and a squeezed yuzu juice. Mm. Yuzu is the uh, Japanese fruit, isn't it? Yeah, very, very sharp, sour, citrusy. Yeah. citrusy. Um, I can't have a drink because of various health issues, mainly the antibiotics that I'm taking. <sighs> antibiotics, <laughs> not drinking, is just a just a guideline. <laughs> uh, but I mean, let me let me smell it. Oh, incredibly citrusy. Oh, it's so very good. fresh. So jasmine lemonade as well. 25%. Oh, my word. Well, yeah, we highly recommend those. So uh, if you've got a Selfridges near you, I don't know where else they stock them, but I'm sure if you have a look online, you'll be able to find them. Yeah, they're, they're delicious. Yeah. So let's crunch those facts let's, as figures, detective. <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. So let's start with some overarching figures about the gin industry. So the UK gin industry, which includes exports, is worth an amazing billion pounds. Now, 1.6 billion of that is domestic consumption only. So, I mean, that's That's pretty incredible place to start, isn't it? It's just insane compared to how many people are here. Yeah, absolutely. And it's doubled in the past five years. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Now, let's take those figures and let's look back in time and compare them to the gin craze, which obviously, as we know, happened in the mid-1700s. Now, during the gin craze, there were 7,000 legal gin shops in London. Imagine how many there would have been if you included the illegal establishments as well. All those cut posters. Exactly, exactly. Imagine it's closing in on 15. Yeah. Imagine it would be that again. Yeah. Naughty, because it was naughty. It was naughty. Everyone was very naughty. Yes, and very cool. But uh, now I tried to compare that to a figure from today, but I I couldn't find out how many specifically gin bars there are in uh, London. But I can tell you how many distilleries there are. Now, as of 2018, there were 315 gin distilleries in the UK, and that's up from 152 in 2013. This is according to the Times. So more than doubled uh, over Everyone the course of Everyone wants a slice of that pie, they, eh? They do, they do indeed. Now, 24 of these distilleries are in London, meaning London has more distilleries now than the total figure for the whole of England in 2010, making London the gin-making capital of Britain. That's an incredible fact, isn't it? It's a lot, a lot of uh, distilleries, isn't it? Mm. That's a lot of men with waxed moustaches, mm. isn't it? And maybe women with waxed yes, moustaches as well. Yes, women with waxed moustaches, <laughs> stirring the pots and making the money. Yeah, now, I looked up what, what are the London distilleries, and I could only name about three or four of them. How many, Matthew, how many gin distilleries? I'll tell you what, I'll give you a pound for each London distillery that you can name. Mm, okay. Six Bells? Six Bells isn't a distillery, but I'll give you that because Six Bells comes from the City of London distillery. City of London, that's the, yeah. that's the bugger. Uh, Sipsmiths? Yeah. Um, is Gordon's London? No, it's no. not Scotland, is it? Yeah. Um, I'm going to put you out of your misery here. Beefeater, though. Yes, yes. Peter, that's three pounds. Three pounds in the bank. Yes. That's safe. That's yours to take home. Now, do you want to gamble I'm it? I'm going to gamble it and <laughs> see if I can get one more. Okay. Uh, uh, is Portobello Road from there? It's Leeds, isn't it? Portobello Road is from London, yes. Is it? Yes. yes. I've yes. gambled and won. What have I won? Okay, you've won... Uh, is it a shit caravan? It is a shit caravan, yeah, Anyone yeah. from outside of England, sorry about that. that a is. tankard and some darts. Yeah, that is from Bullseye. If you Google Bullseye, be prepared for the best quiz show that you've ever seen. Yeah. 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 It is from the 70s and the language and behaviour of the host, very much of that time. <laughs> Very diplomatically put. Okay, I'm going to tell you the 24 distilleries of London, okay? You ready? Doghouse, Old Bakery, Bimba, Boxer, Portobello Star, Sipsmiths, Graveney, Four Thieves, Thames, Beefeater, Half Hitch, Highwayman, Sacred Spirits, 58, East London Liquor Company, City of London Distillery, Bermondsey, Bump Caves, The London Distillery Company, Kingston Distillers, Beckett's Gin, Portobello Road, Butler's, Little Bird and Heyman's. It's a mouthful. It is, yeah. It's a good double, that one. Yeah. <laughs> Even a triple, maybe. Wow. Yeah. So, anyway, let's talk about consumption, shall we? Let's. Yeah. Uh, now, at the height of the gin craze, we're going back to the gin craze again. So, in 1743, the English population consumed 10 litres of gin per person per year. Don't see a problem with that. Yeah, but think about it, right? If every single person was indeed consuming 10 litres 
of gin per year, that wouldn't be that wouldn't be too bad, right? But if you think about the fact that many people didn't consume any gin whatsoever, yeah. So the people who were consuming gin they were, were consuming they were, they were, they were, everybody's they were, share. They were definitely making it up. Yeah. Yeah. Now, okay. sorry, if you don't have gin today, don't worry. I'm honest. Exactly. <laughs> I'll exactly. get some down for you. Yeah. <laughs> now I don't have any up-to-date stats for English consumption in the modern day, but if we look at the whole of the UK's current consumption of 60 million bottles per year versus a population of 67.5 million, that's just under a bottle, or 0.9 to be precise, for every adult and child in the UK. Or pensioners. They're adults. Pensions are adults. They're not. They go beyond adult. (laughs) It's the next phase of life. Okay. For every adult, child and pensioner in the UK. Yeah, a bottle. So remember that's 70 centilitres in a standard bottle. So we're not even comparing like to like quantity wise. The 10 litres of gin drunk per person during the gin craze would be more like 14 standard 70 centilitre bottles. Good Lord. Yeah, yeah. That's a lot. Mm. Now, a 2017 study looked at per capita consumption rates across the globe and ranked each country according to their population's average intake. So we're not talking about the necessarily who consumes the most gin, but we're talking about who consumes the most gin per person per per year. Now, here's what they found. We've We've got the top 10 rundown of world countries for their gin consumption. Now, I did try and get some uh, top-of-the-pop style music Yeah, but this, we realised that we can't afford We ran into yes. some copyright yeah. issues, but I'll, I'll just, uh, I'll do it in the style. So, in at number 10... That's not the same song, No, it's not. It's close. Do you reckon I'll get away with that? Yeah, just do it. In at number 10, famed for its beer festivals with, with a robust gin intake, it's Germany. In 10? That's yeah. impressive. Well done, Germany. Right behind at number 9, with a splash of Campari on the side, it's Bella Italia. Good old Italy. At 8, swapping the grape for the grain, it's France. Oh, mm-hmm. Coming in there. It seems Uncle Sam ain't just a whiskey fan, with the USA at number 7. 7, that's, in, that, that's a surprise. Isn't it? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Because they like beer. Beer and whiskey. Beer and whiskey, yeah. Not so and much anymore. Coming in up coming up with gin. God, if if it takes off in America, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to try and get this Crank over to America those, more. Yeah, South City Gin Club, if you'd uh, if you'd if you'd share this a bit far and wide, please, yeah, that'd be exactly. great. <laughs> and served over ice, it's Canada at number six. Oh, good old Canada. In at five, the streams of gin are flowing with our friends over the water. It's Ireland. Mm. At a surprising number four, it's the gin-crazed United Kingdom. At three, Mother Gin battles it out with Madame Geneva in the Netherlands. It's ahead of us. Yes, it is. Good Lord. At two, it's Geneva's other homeland, Belgium. Belgium. At number one, consuming 1.07 of litres per person per year, it's the Larios-loving Spanish who are the kings of gin. That's ins- I did not know that. Isn't that surprising? Yes, it is surprising. Now, worldatlas.com assesses the results as follows. A high gin consumption is the subject of a country's heritage and the production rate. In Europe, gin is consumed by most people in a recreational manner as a way of belonging. Yes, that's why I started drinking gin. To belong. To make friends. 
<laughs> I was so lonely Sadly, till Jim. It's had the opposite effect. <laughs> I know. And on my furniture and my house and my money. <laughs> it says gin originated from Europe and was discovered and popularised by the Dutch, which makes it some form of a European heritage. Spain produces a lot of gin, which is the likely reason for the high consumption rate. Availability of favourable policies and capital for gin production and trade is vital. This, coupled with the amount of revenue collected, maintains the relevance of gin as a liquor. Do you know what I was expecting to be number one? Mm-hmm. It's Thailand. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Getting them not even in the top ten? No, I think the Far East is kind of really just starting to, to really adopt gin. I'm sure it was the, um, I'm sure there was a statistic, I'm sure I heard a statistic about Thailand taking on really? more gin. Really? Yeah. We'll have to come back to that on another show. Now, what percentage of the population, don't, don't look at my notes, what percentage of the British population would you say bought gin in the past year? Actually purchased gin? A percentage of population? British population. I don't know, it couldn't be like all oh, like because you've got to take into account the age. I'd say, th- and I'll be generous with 30%. It's 25%. 25, I, was, yeah. I went overboard. You did go I went overboard. overboard. I hear when someone does that, guess this, and then they guess too much. And they and guess got, too much. And you go, oh, you've and you really wanted to blow them away yeah, yeah, with like a high it. figure. Yeah, it's so a quarter. So a quarter of the population. Quarter. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, everyone, if you were expecting that to be more spectacular. <laughs> I've, totally, I've totally shut that bit down. <laughs> but that is up dramatically because just four years ago, it was at 10%. 10%? Yeah. 10%. 10%. <laughs> it was just 10% of the population. Now yeah. that's gone 15% more. Yeah. That's insane. That's pretty, that's, that's pretty impressive, That's isn't good it? bloody marketing, yeah. that is. Well yeah. done, Jim. Well Absol- done, Jim. Abs- absolutely. So this momentous growth from just a few years ago doesn't show any signs of stopping. The gin market is expected to keep growing at a rate of 5.6% year on year. That's, that's mad, that. Mm. So like, basically, we'll all be bathing in gin. We'll pretty that. much all be bathing in gin. Well, we are bathing in gin, if you think about it. You know, you've got your gin bubble bath, you've got gin chocolates. Ice cream. Yeah. Gin f- ice pops, which I highly approve of. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's gin, 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 isn't it? I think... I can't help but notice the slide upwards since we started this podcast. I know. It's weird, that, isn't it, Matthew? Yeah. I think we've definitely set the market alight. It's got to be. Now, along with the rise of the gin industry, the tonic industry has unsurprisingly Mm -hmm. risen sharply too, and that's expected to expand by a further 6.5% between 2018 and 2023. Yes, well, you you buy a bottle of gin, you need at least three or four or five Mm. mixes. Mm. But, yeah, I mean, Fever Tree's just opened a new headquarters in New York. Oh. Yeah, I believe Fentiman's has just opened a US headquarters as well so Fentiman's Fever Tree who else is there Schweppes obviously yeah. but I think Schweppes has been a market giant for years yeah. isn't it? but I mean there's loads of one like the uh, Artisan Tonic and the West of the Black Tonic Water the Nordic Blue mm. Tonic Water oh gosh so good and there's so many different tonics to just just pick up and try the Marlish mm. and, mm. and of course our good friends Lixia yeah um, age groups mm. okay well I would say that ages ago it was a nana's drink. Yeah. When I was a kid. So what do you think? Do you think it's it's getting younger now? I think, I think the it's definitely getting younger, especially with pink gin. Yeah. And they all, there's a lot of people. 
even if the big beer drinkers, mm. they'll end the night on a gin and tonic. Yeah. Because it's nice and fresh. And yeah. It, uh, it'll go, whoo. Yeah. It's like washing your face with a bit of cold water it at is. the end of the night. Palate cleanser. Yeah. Yeah, well, you're not wrong. Um, so... And yours, <laughs> Dead clever, me. It's hugely popular among 18 to 24-year-olds. 55% of this age group say they drink gin up from 43% four years ago. I think it's because also because uh, gin's getting marketed as a clean drink as well. It's yeah. like gluten, vegan, yeah. and all that, and that's that's going to help massively. And provenance, it's quite cr- like crafty, and yeah. I'm going to talk about that, a bit about that in a minute. And mm-hmm. that's, it's a really good point that that consumer attitudes changing, not just to to gin, but to to everything we buy. So hold that thought, and we'll, we'll definitely come back to that. <laughs> um, but first, let's talk about tax. Uh. Well, according to the Morning Advertiser, for every 70 centilitre bottle of gin at 40% ABV, in the UK, £8.05 goes to the UK Treasury. In fact, spirits as a whole, not just gin, paid £3.4 billion in duty in 2017 to the 2018 tax year alone. Now, to put that in context, that could train 4,857 nurses or put 15,000 children all the way through state education. So well done, spirit drinkers. Well done, spirit drinkers. I mean, yeah. it won't happen. It'll, it'll be uh, MPs expensive. But I mean, like, well done for trying. Yeah. We're trying to make this world better we by are, drinking We gin. are, absolutely. That's wonderful. Isn't well it? Done us. Well done us. Yay. I feel now, guilty for getting free stuff now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> to feel like tax dodging. Yeah, we'll, we'll, pop a, we'll pop a couple of quid in yeah. the uh, tax aid. Uh, but now weather. Let's briefly talk about weather. According to the drinksbusiness.com, more gin was sold during the three months of the 2018 UK heatwave than the summers of 2014 and 2015 combined. That's insane. Yeah. It shows what weather does for gin, doesn't it? It's just, yeah. It is a summary drink, but like I, th- I find it like at Christmas, mm. I love it, like the, especially the, they've got Poetic Licence Fireside, you've got the spicy gins, the Baharat from uh, Cotswolds. Yes. It's getting more and more festive. Well. I mean, there isn't there isn't a season you can't drink gin in because there, there is literally a gin for every... Indeed, uh, there's the Every situation, Hotel Chocolat Cocoa Gin, which yep. is quite kind of rich and mm-hmm. velvety. You've got all of the boutique gin company. I mean, wait, um, I mean, there's not there's not a situation the boutique gin company yeah. hasn't covered, is yeah, there? Yeah, yeah. Oh, what's the matter? I've been fighting a tiger. My yeah. car's exploded, <laughs> but I've just won the lottery. Oh, try boutique gin there. Uh, tiger car explosion lottery win gin. <laughs> so right. Definitely. Well, it's they're so just, right. They're so good. Yeah, yeah, they are. It's wonderful. So, so yeah, but, you know, uh, it certainly um, there's something very crisp and refreshing about a, a nice London oh, dry nothing gin. Like, uh, if you've got an ice cold gin in a beer garden, mm. or, like, or like if you watch it or at a festival, and like you got one of the big because uh, festivals incredible. Mm. The festivals now there's always at least three gin bars and festivals. Well, yes, we went to the Kendall Calling Festival because yep. you were performing there a few weeks ago, and yep. what did we find? The Greenall's Gin Bar. Greenall's Gin Bar. Yeah, there was uh, there was I'm sure there was other ones uh, that were there. I can't remember which ones were last time we were there there was a um portobello portobello road oh, right. uh, gin bar right next to my uh, thing which was dangerous yes because i popped my head around um and said i'm performing they just said, oh come in have some gin really I like, yeah i got absolutely ratted last time i was oh. 
We should have done that this time. Yeah, we should have. We were up to our knees in mud. Mm-hmm. Definitely too money to get drunk. Yeah, you wouldn't want to be stumbling around in that Absolutely not. Considering what you did to that van with your car. Oh, yeah. We won't talk Let's about that. Let's not talk about that. No. Um, now, the, yeah, these are all pretty mind-blowing statistics. And there's no doubt that gin has a, a real rags-to-riches modern yeah. success story a la Secret of My Success. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it took its time. <laughs> it has taken its time, yeah. Just yeah. buying its time and say, now. <laughs> yeah, but you, you, were, you were talking about consumer behaviour and consumer attitudes. What do you think, then, is behind the explosion? Without reading my notes, please. What do you think is behind the explosion in gin over the past decade or so? Two decades, I guess. Well, the... F- the first time I tasted gin that wasn't Gordon's or anything like that, because I used to drink gin, but like it was just that's all I had really. Gordon's mm. Bombay Sapphire was the height of class. Mm. And I was like, oh, get mm. me with me nice. And then I went to that um, the Oxbridge uh, final party. And we were hired to do the uh, a gig there. There was a Hendrix stall, and the whole look of it, and the style, and the the bottles in this. I oh, try this, and I was like, I don't like. I don't like cucumber, just try it with cucumber. Oh, good, already right, taste it. That was it. Mm. I was like, I need to taste all different types of gin now. Mm. Mm. And I did. I, I, that, genuinely, that was the moment that mm. I went, I've got to try as many types of gin as possible if this if this is possible. Hendrix put us on the road. So so there the, was... It was the, the, the overall image. So the, the aesthetic, the aesthetic the, really uh, yeah. drew you in. Well, it's, th- like, it's like there's a mythos behind it. that uh, uh, You know, like... Uh, like Explorers would sip it from like like the Hendrix thing. Explorers would sip it from hot air balloons yes. over the over the Serengeti as the yes. disco, like stuff like that. That, yeah. was, that fascinated us. But and then when I tasted, it, I was like, yeah, nice. Yeah, I, I I definitely think aesthetics have a massive role to play. Um, you know the brands that emerge, Sipsmiths and Hendrix, uh, around the the beginning of the. 21st century I think really tapped into the style you know then you had of course the whole hipster chic stuff peaky blinders and that kind of mm-hmm. aesthetic and you know, you've got like the kind of gothic I suppose with the uh, yeah like, uh, apocryphy bottle type uh, yeah yeah steampunk yeah, hot yeah, yeah. air balloons uh, yeah beautiful yeah I think that's a really really good point that that new the newer brands started to appeal aesthetically to a new generation there's also some interesting stuff on a website called europeanceo.com uh, that talks about you know the fact that the, the world is increasingly fast-paced, high-tech. We're under a lot of pressure and stress and things feel a bit chaotic and uncertain at the moment. And what a lot of people are doing is leaving their nine-to-five office jobs and going into craft industries. So from a pro- producing point of view, you know, the craft market is absolutely massive. And um, apparently 63% of US households participate in at least one craft activity. Um, you know, we have things like the Great British Bake Off and the Great British Sewing Bee. Yeah, you, um, you tried the baking the other day, didn't you? I did try baking the other day, that's, yeah. That's Let's not talk about it. Yeah. It's all right. Well, I looked up Some a recipe. Some people like things that are black and I lo- smoking. I looked up a recipe that said, this, this recipe is so simple that your children could do it. And then uh, I saw the photo of it uh, yeah. borderline on fire. It was on, it was, I think it was on fire It was fire on fire, wasn't point. it? Yeah, raw when you tried to yeah, eat it. Yeah, raw, a bit eggy in the yeah. middle. Mm. Mm. I, said, I mean, I ate it. Yeah, yeah. he's so brave. Well, put some out for the birds, I think it was uh, 
I think I actually moved to the side to get to some bread. <laughs> Rejected by a crow. <laughs> Title of your sex tip. <laughs> right. So this increasing interest in crafts and... and uh, it does seem like something you can do yourself. Like, yeah. we've, we've we've tested ourselves. We've made gin. Our gin's still now. Well, still... We've made infusions. We've not distilled gin. No, we're not distilled gin. Let's just, uh, in case we're breaking the law. Yeah. Uh, we haven't distilled gin, but we've made gin from vodka. Yeah. To varying degrees of success. Yeah. Up from Rosen Hibiscus, which was amazing, mm. all the way down to Rotten Bounty. Yes, exactly, which we don't talk about. Because I nice... can't. Spattered in a Without glass. Without wanting to go... <laughs> yeah, so, so that that tells us something about, you know, the increasing number of craft producers and why that might be the case. But what about consumer behaviour? So one Jonathan Burton, who's the festival director of London Craft Week, told European CEO that the rising interest in craft goods comes from consumers increasingly seeking out artisanal products. He believes consumers desire products with authenticity and provenance, saying consumers are increasingly discerning, socially responsible and want to engage with who, how and where something has been made. Um, and I think that the gin is massively conducive to that kind of idea of uh, provenance where, you know... You know, exactly like down to the shed, yeah, where, you, it, where it's come from. Yeah, yeah, you know, the name of the still in which it was made, you know. Um, no, yeah, like, I mean, what was it? Was it Grace, the... the at uh, Poetic Licence, yeah, yeah, I think, is Sipsmith's, is it Prudence Yeah, yeah, that's actually... We've got uh, the Isla Harris, we specifically seek that because the bottle's beautiful and yeah. the taste bit and it's, it's something we found ourselves yeah. we've met the makers and it's yeah. yeah no absolutely and I think you've hit on a good point with Isle of Harris because you know one of their selling points is that the the paper on their label has these flecks of copper yeah. where you know no two labels are the same yeah. they've all got their own individual every little... bottle is yours yeah. like individual yeah. and it's, it's such a beautiful piece of work the bottle yeah. Yeah. so good now, the Spirit Embassy interviewed several industry insiders to get their take on why gin in particular has boomed to this extent. Um, Caroline Childerly, also known as the Gin Queen online, responded, I think like most trends in the drinks industry, bartender innovation has lo a lot to do with the resurgence in gin. The cocktail culture that emerged in the noughties saw bartenders go back to the classic books, the Savoy book and others, and these books are full of recipes that call for gin. Gin is the most versatile spirit to mix and bartenders love it for that reason. In in addition to bartenders, we must thank those pioneer distillers from the US and UK and now Australia who campaigned for changes in legislation preventing them from distilling on a small scale. I mean, Sipsmiths, I think, is the prime example there. They changed, changed the, the law. In the, the, law. The, the actual law, right? 100-year-old law, wasn't it? Yeah. So she makes a really, really good point there. And that's interesting about mixology, mm -hmm. how the resurgence of mixology has absolutely given, put a fire underneath the uh, the gin industry. Absolutely, yeah. Because mm. it's, I mean, like, <laughs> I'd never had a bramble up until recently. Mm. And uh, when I had one of those, I was like, mm, mm. Yeah, yeah, gin can do all sorts of things, things yeah also contributing to the discussion was Ian Lauer of Tempered Spirits he said gin's inherent variety of flavours and relatively short production time make it a natural go-to for the small distilleries that have sprung up around the globe practically overnight another really really important factor that you know whiskey distillers for example are finding that in their downtime while they're waiting for their whiskey to mature they can make these gorgeous artisanal uh, small batch 
gins. Make sure they can keep going until the whiskey's matured. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And what I should say about this is that, you know, we've tried a number of gins from whiskey making uh, distilleries. I'm thinking of Cotswolds as one prime mm. example here. And it doesn't just feel like, oh, well, I've slapped a bit of gin in a mm. bottle. It really feels like well, that's Cotswolds a product one, that's made with... It's one of my favourite gins. Yeah. It's, it's magnificent. Yeah. Um, so it's always some in the, the top five. Yeah, so some of the gins that are coming out of what were traditionally whiskey distilleries now are absolutely amazing. Uh-huh. Really, really good. Um, finally, Neil MacDonald of Proof 66 said, in a time where the pedigree of beef comes with a dietitian certification of the grass it ate, where the fish need to be caught responsibly in particular volumes of water, where the ugliness of heirloom tomatoes are prized and fought over at the farmer's market... He could have been poetic this broad, didn't he? It's beautiful <laughs> prose. And where cooking shows announce their presence over and over again with fresh, local and healthy, well then, why ought we be at all surprised that gin is in ascendancy once again? It precisely matches the mood and temper of the modern consumer, where vodka bores, where whiskey falls in tedium, tequila is raucous, there stands gin, still there, all was there, we were but distracted for a moment. What a beautiful writing. That's lovely. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, and I think that's a beautiful way to bring this uh, short but potentially expandable segment to an end. Um, you know, I think there's there's so much more mileage in this, but I think it's just a, a lovely snapshot of where we are and where we're potentially heading with yeah. the... Uh, Looks like gin's not going to fault for any time soon. Not. No, no, no. Go gin! Yay! Gin News headlines today. Clean tasting gin. Hendrix opens secret gin experience in a laundrette. Downton Tipple. Gin made to celebrate the new Downton Abbey movie. And to the moonshot gin and back. Gin rise set to continue. Hmm. Hendrix, what's all this about then? Well, they have set up in Shoreditch OVS. <laughs> they have set up a secret laundrette called Leslie's Laundrette. Yeah. Uh, which the name is taken from one of the head distillers, Leslie. And apparently it's a multi-sensory world. Oh, God, just give us free drinks. <laughs> There's a picture on the, on the website that I looked at of the bloke climbing out the dryer while a girl's going, oh, my God. Like If someone crawled out the dryer, you'd be absolutely terrified, wouldn't you? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> is that just a stock image, though? Yeah, I think it might be. Yeah. If, if, um, but, uh, yep, apparently if you do go, it's free to visit, mm. but you've got a book. It's completely sold out, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but... Um, what you do is you go there and they give you two free drinks yeah. and they take you on a ooh look Hendrix it's the things like Hendrix are pretty already well ingrained aren't they yeah so you think stunts like this would be like pretty unnecessary wouldn't well, you well they've got to keep you you know I suppose you got to keep, keep it going. going but it's, uh, it's, it's the few, a few details have been released as to what goes on mm. nothing really just the free drinks and everything nobody tells you what goes on behind the thing oh it's all a big secret yeah but I imagine it's all like, bing, 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 like Ooh. chemistry sets and bubbles yeah. and stuff like that but apparently it's a new uh, new inn yard in Shoreditch. Yeah. Uh, it says, uh, come along, but just don't bring your dirty undies. <laughs> uh, speaking of hidden uh, bars and stuff, mm-hmm. your friend Scott, very funny guy. Scott Bennett. Comedian Scott. Very, very good comedian. He told us in Nottingham that there's like a secret gin bar behind like a shoe, shoe shop. shop. Yes. 
It's got a fake shoe display in the window. Yeah, I've forgotten its, its name now. Is it like Mr. Shoe or something or Hair Shoe? Yeah, yeah, that was it. Like that sounded that. like Hair Shoe. Or something. <laughs> if um, if anyone knows that, it's in Nottingham. If anyone does know, uh, can you give us a shout? Yeah. And we'll get in touch with them, and we'll we'll, we'll do an interview with the, mm. the mystery mystery shoe people. That'd be good. But I like that idea of it all being there. Shoe, 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 people. Remember that? No. Terrible cartoon. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so that's what I'll do. That's yeah. what I'll do. Anyway, next. Downton Tibble. Mm. Apparently, Downton Abbey, which I have not watched a single second no, of. No, me neither. Cause... Apparently, they've got good lamps. Yeah, I've heard Costumes. It. Yes, I've heard it's mm. very good, mm. if you like that sort of thing. However, yeah. not for me. No. But um, apparently, they're very excited because they're going to make a movie. Mm. So, what they've done is they've released a special gin. Uh, Harrogate's Tibble, which mm. is part owned by the renowned master distiller Tom Nickel, is producing a new gin and a whiskey range, mm. officially endorsed by the makers of the popular BBC series. Uh, the official Downton Abbey range will be produced in limited batches for sale in the UK and North America. Ooh, get them. Mm. Downton Abbey's massive over there, isn't is it? Is it? Yeah. Uh, so is Benny Hill as well. Crazy. Really? And Mr Bean. He's huge over in America. Is he? Oh, huge. Mm. Mr Nick Lewis f- created famous drinks recipes including Tanqueray 10, has developed the gin and scotch whiskey at the Ripley Distillery between Ripon and Harrogate, just up the road, oh. home to the fictional Downton Abbey estate. Steve Green of Harrogate Tipple said, We are excited to bring Downton Abbey to life for fans of the series with a range of authentic, high-quality spirits that evokes the flavours and style of the show's post-Edwardian era. But yeah, they say it's all authentic from the time and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, they've made a Peaky Blinders gin, haven't they? Yes, they have. So yeah, there's yeah, that. Yeah. I'm sure it'll be delicious. Yeah. We'll give it a shot. Absolutely. It's a. Uh, it's not the Harrogate Gin Company. This is a different company. Harrogate Tipple. Harrogate Tipple, right? Not the one with the otter on the. No, bottom. not them. Not no, Harrogate. No. Okay. Right. Gin rise set to continue. As we've been doing all the statistics, this, yeah. I found a gin uh, statistic from uh, this month that is quite phenomenal. Yeah. We're going to hit from what was. Last year, 76 million bottles. Yeah. We're going up to a 100 million bottle barrier by this time next year. 30% increase on the amount of sales. Wow. That's phenomenal. 100 million bottles of gin. Wow. It's been another... This is the WSTA, which is the uh, Wine and Spirit Trade Association. He said, been another phenomenal 12 months for the gin. The gin. The gin. He said, the gin. <laughs> and despite recent reports suggesting the gin bubble may have burst, our numbers suggest the exact opposite. Yes. Yeah, screw you, doubters. Yeah. Not only is gin's popularity here to stay, but it's now worth over three billion annually. Oh, right. So actually, my statistics required some updating. Yes, aye. So there we go. Three, three, I, I found this and I thought, oh, I'll do this as a story yeah. for Gin News because we're doing the statistics and it shows just how healthy gin is. Yeah. That's incredible. So Warren Scott, CEO of the quintessential brands that the UK may be about to leave the EU. Oh, good. But indications are that we are set to remain in the golden era for quality English gin for some time yet. Yay! So don't worry about your gin, even if the country's going to, to uh, piffle. <laughs> we will be sipping gin yeah. while the country burns. Exactly, exactly. Probably using it to put the fires out. That would probably be quite flammable, so maybe not. Yeah, use a tonic. And you can fizz it up and spray it so get a larger. Fizz it up, yeah. Larger. Firefighting with tonic now. Mm. Didn't expect to take that curve. No. Gin news! Now, Matthew, recently on the show we were chatting about non-alcoholic or low-alcohol 
gins, weren't we? Yes, we were. And, and you were saying you wanted to try some. Yeah. And I went, £26 for a bottle of pop. Yes. Kiss me balls. <laughs> That's what I said. I said it more articulately, but, you know, I think the time has come <laughs> where I say it's basically pop, get lost. Yeah, but... We've done some digging and we found uh, some exciting things. Now, we already knew about the Gordon's Ultra Low Alcohol Ready Mixed Gin and Tonic. We did. And we already had some of that. So we're going to talk about that today. But we found a couple more. Now, we talked about Seedlip, didn't we? Yes, we did. And Which is obviously made with unicorn tears. Actual unicorn tea, because, not the not the terrible terrible gin. No, no, because it is very very expensive. It's it's about twenty seven pounds for a bottle. Yeah, but we found some miniatures. We found some miniatures. Where in did we, we found them in Holland, Holland and, and Barrett. Barrett. Yeah, and yeah. um, anyone outside the UK, Holland and Barrett is a health food shop. It's like the the biggest health food yeah. shop. They do these little miniatures for a quid each of seed lips. So we were like. This is perfect. We've got to try this. And I'm really excited to try this. We've also found botanical juniper tonic or juniper and tonic. So it's basically tonic water flavoured with juniper. So it's a little bit like gin. So that's that's from Bel... Now, I think we call it Belvoir, but last time we pronounced it Belvoir when we were doing the Craft Gin Club video, uh, we got some shtick because uh, it's actually beaver or something. Belvoir. Belvoir? Belvoir? Look, it's spelled B L. B-E-L-V-O-I-R. It's Belvoir. Yeah. All right. Same as I'm not saying gin maché every yeah. time I order a gin maché. All right. Well, we'll be hither- hitherto calling it Belvoir, but, you yep. know. Feel free, to, uh, feel free to be ignored in our inbox should you want to <laughs> whinge about that. But I'm really excited about this. And one of the reasons I'm excited about it is that I am, as I've whined and whinged about on this show before, oh, so many a chronic Can you imagine, right? headache she's do- sufferer. She's doing this in this short amount of time that we're spending. Imagine when she does it when it's not even getting recorded. <laughs> And I do have a headache right now. Um, Shocker. Yeah, and when I have a migraine, I I know I cannot go anywhere near alcohol. Um, And it's really upsetting for me because, you know, I love love to have a gin. So I'm really excited about finding and exploring some different options for alcohol-free or very low alcohol alternatives. Let's talk first about Seedlip. Now, in the earlier segment... We mentioned consumer behaviour and the growing consumer demand for craft products and Seedlip is the perfect example of this. So I found an interview in the Financial Times with founder Ben Branson who was talking about where he got the idea from. Now mm-hmm. apparently the idea for Seedlip all started with a shitty mocktail. <laughs> well, no one's going to order it if that's what you call it. <laughs> what could I have? I'll have a shitty mocktail, well, he please. he didn't ask for a shitty mocktail. Oh, no. He simply asked for a that mocktail. Would have been the first, that would have been the first mistake, asking for a shitty mocktail. <laughs> so he, it was a Monday night. He didn't really fancy having an alcoholic drink. So he asked the waitress for a mocktail, and she came back with this like blend of pink juice. In the interview with the Financial Times, he said, I felt like an idiot. I thought, I can't be the only person not drinking alcohol on a Monday who isn't satisfied with just a blend of fruit juice. And so he decided to create this non-alcoholic distilled drink for grown-ups. It's inspired by a 17th century herbal medicine book called The Art of Distillation. We must get a hold of that. Absolutely. I can't believe we haven't got one. Yeah, no, we've got every other book going about gin. Yeah, and and he grew up on a farm and he used peas from the family farm along with hay, rosemary and thyme. Hay? Hay, yeah. 
So it might have a kind of a uh, kind of grassy, but I imagine like kind of quite sweet. Yeah. Um, uh, now, apparently, Seedlip sold out within two days of its 2015 launch at Selfridges, and three years later, it's still one of the store's best-selling Is drinks. Is that right? Yeah. I have not met a single person that's tried it. No, neither have I, but... I, Isn't that weird? Yeah. I'm about to, though. Yes. We're about to I've be definitely that met person. you. Yeah. So let's let's give it a go. We've got two different two varieties here. So we've got Seedlip Grove 42 and Seedlip Garden 108. I think this one might be citrusy. It looks like an orange on the uh Well the Grove 42. Yeah, Grove 42 looks a bit citrusy. And the the Garden 108 comes in a green uh with a green label and kind of green botanicals Ooh, on it. So. Yes, there's a citrus uh, blast to that getting anything but it's like a salad oh yes very yes mm. it is very it's, herbal yeah, very uh, i mean that's his point but i mean like it does it does uh it's crazy we'll try grow 42 i'll okay. try a little uh neat nip what an interesting flavor what are you getting that is i'm getting orange there's orange right uh, it's like really weak diluted orange in the background but there is a zing that i am um, not familiar with. Mm, let me try it neat then. It's like a, it's like metallic. Oh boy. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> it's like a metallic taste in the background. That is an odd. Yeah. It's odd it's flavor. more of a feeling than a flavour, yes. isn't it? It makes your tongue go. <laughs> Sorry, I know this isn't how you describe drinks. <laughs> but I know this bit like probably more articulate than me describing drinks. But if you, I deny you. I deny anyone to tell me that it doesn't make your tongue go meh. Okay, so it, listeners, please try this and write in and let us know if your tongue went meh. Now, this is going to sound weird, but it, it tastes... This might sound detrimental to the brand. Okay. But it tastes like perhaps you've used a citrusy soap. Soap, in yes. The, in the bath water. And a bit's gone in your mouth. Uh, yeah, and a bit... You, maybe it you've is. sucked the sponge. It's soapy. Maybe you've sucked the sponge. It is, it's, it's got a laundry detergent type thing to it. <laughs> Alright, let's let's try a bit then with some fever tree tonic. Okay, super taster, go first. You've only put a little bit of tonic in there. Yeah. Do you think that'll be enough? Don't want to drown it out. I okay. want to be able to taste it in, in, in the tonic because this fever tree is quite a flavoursome tonic. It does it smell it seems to have activated something a bit nicer in mm. it with the smell there. Now wait, before you taste that I should just say actually, um the founder doesn't actually recommend it to be drunk neat and it was almost part of the part of the plan. It says it says uh, it says on the uh, thing with tonic. It yeah. definitely suggests with tonic. And I think he actually said in this interview with the Financial Times that's almost like the novelty value of it that you don't drink it neat. It's got to be yeah. uh, you there's, there's an element of like Mixing it with something. Well, you don't drink. You don't, yeah, you you don't drink dilute squash. No, exactly. Own, or tastes, gin. Yeah. Oh, well, you do. You do. But but uh, you don't drink dilute orange. Yeah. Because uh, that that will make you, your face go inside out. Yes. But so that one was a bit odd. But let's yeah. try it once it's dilute. You wash down a bit. Yeah. It does smell really nice now with the tonic. Yes, it does. It's like it's released something. Yeah. It's been drowned out a bit. Ah, oh, has it? Put some more in. Right. Whole bottle in now, yeah. what's left. There we go. It's still got that metallic metallic zing around your mm. mouth. Like you've had it for one of a belt. It tastes like you've had a penny in your mouth. 
Yes, I, well, yeah. when, you, when I taste it neat, I, I can see what yeah, you yeah. mean there. Let me try it with the tonic. But like it's, but it's got a citrus, citrus zang at the end of it that's quite pleasant. But the overall, it makes your tongue feel like it's going mm. in on itself. And at the nose, at the yeah. at the back. Yeah. Okay. Now, what I'm going to say about this is that there are a few foods and drinks. I'm trying to think of an example. Um, well, first time I tried them, I was like, I don't like that. Yeah. Um, goat's cheese, mm -hmm. olives. Human flesh. <laughs> um, halva and baklava, desserts. These are all things where I tried them and I was like, no, no, no. And then a few weeks later, I just thought, ooh. Fancy one of them. Fancy uh, one of them. And it's, this well, I guess, what you would call an acquired taste. And I feel this might be an acquired taste. Yeah. Because right now, I couldn't say that I really like that. But there's something inside of me that tells me that in a few weeks' time, I'm going to think to myself, I could have a bit of drop of that seed lip. That tastes like completely sugar free and sweetener free iron brew. <laughs> Yes. It's got, it's so metally. Yes. And it's so metally in my mouth. That's, that's all I'm yeah. getting. The, like the metal. Yeah. But I can see people enjoying that. It's not disgusting. It's just odd. It's fascinating. It's yeah, intriguing. It's such an odd flavour. Yeah. But I'm going to, I'm going to, if you've got a, if you've got an adventurous palate, I'm going to recommend that. First for an adventurous you, yeah, palate. For an adventurous palate. And i tell you what would be nice with. Mm. Gin. What an interesting idea. Yeah. And I'm not being sarcastic. Yeah, yeah. But but, yeah that would be nice with the gin. With the gin? It really would. Oh, damn. I wish we hadn't poured that whole bottle down now because we could we could have tried that with the gin. We've got to hold on about it again. Yeah, we'll get some more. We'll next get some more. next time we'll try it with some gin. <laughs> um, we will defeat the purpose yeah. of this. <laughs> yeah, it with true. gin. Right. Okay, so let's try this other one, this Garden 108 seed lip. We can pop it in the same glass if you want. No, pop, pop it in the other one. Because right. we can drink these two out of the bottle. I'm going to go firsties this yeah, time. I think that's going to be a little bit too green. Green, uh, green. Oh my veg. word, the smell. It's going to be too vegetable-y for me, that, I think. I've got a feeling. Oh, what am I getting in there? There's a really interesting herb in there. Is it? Is it fennel? Is it... That smells like chilies. That smells like pepper. Pepper, yeah. Mm -hmm. It smells like a fresh green pepper. Yes. I'm going to stop saying pepper. Pepper. <laughs> That, it is. That's pepper. It smells like a fresh green right, pepper. I'm going to try it neat. Or peas. Fresh peas. Pea pods. When you taste it, that is exactly what it is. It's peas. Peas. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that is too much. Yeah. Oh, that is too much. It's like... Sour. They just tipped the water out of a tin pea, of peas. Pea water. Pea water. Yeah. <laughs> like a little pool in uh, a leisure centre. Yeah. Oh, no. No. No, not for me, though. Okay, but let's... Grass. I'm getting grass now. I almost prefer that to the other one, but I like peas. Oh, no. Pea and tonic. Let's give it a try. Much better with the tonic. It better be. Much better. But like you said, it's, uh, his, his, pro <laughs> his thing is don't drink it neither. Yeah. It's not supposed to be. So let's try it and see what the tonic's loosened up. It's, it still smells veggie. Mm -hmm. Like very vegetation. Yeah. There's a bit of coffee in there now. Eh? It's, it's, really? I know there's no coffee in it, but... It smells like uh, old coffee beans, old coffee grinds. Oh, yeah, I'm getting that yeah. from the smell. I didn't get that from the taste, though. So g give it a taste with the tonic. 
Much better. Isn't it? Much better. That's actually quite nice. I, now, with the tonic, I, do you prefer that to the to the, the other seed lip? Yeah. The Grove 42? I do. Okay, so... But I think you could, you could, you could literally sprinkle that on a salad. Yeah, like you, you can have if it's you want if you wanted a tangy salad. Yeah, you could spray you could say spray <laughs> spray seed lip all spray over. Spray seed lip garden one away on yeah. your salad. Bit of olive oil. But with the tonic, that is actually quite. It's a tasty, actually nice with the tonic. Drink, eh? Yeah, I could go back to that. Yeah, that's nice. Eh? Oh, but oh, but oh God, the neat. the horror of it, neat. Yeah, <laughs> the absolute horror. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna get the uh, the Vietnam thousand dollars. <laughs> I get there. flashbacks. You weren't there, man. You never ate, you never drank seed lip without tonic in it, man. You'll never know. Let's finish that off. Why'd you make that little noise when you were I'm sorry. A <laughs> what was it? <laughs> was it? Was it your tongue going? Hur. Hur. It See, was. Told you. That's what happened. Told yeah, that is. I imagine with ice and maybe a bit of lemonade in that. Yeah, that'd be absolutely delicious. Do you know what? I'm, I think I'm going to get another couple of little bottles of that garden. One yeah, away. for when you got a when you got a Sweden. Yeah, on, when you got your bad head. Yes, might stop you whinging on. Yeah, right. <laughs> Probably not. No. Uh, right, the Belvoir fruit. Oh, Belvoir. Yeah, the fruit. So fruit farms, botanical juniper and tonic. It's described as a delightfully aromatic. Non-alcoholic alternative to G&T. No such thing. A delicate infusion of botanical extracts, including juniper and elderflower, yum yum, <laughs> and the sharp bitter edge of quinine, make this delightfully aromatic sparkling tonic drink the perfect non-alcoholic alternative to G&T. Classic drink. Mm. Right. So we're going to have a bit over ice. Ooh, Ooh, up. Fizzed up. Fizzed up. Classic noise. Mm. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> It smells like perfume. Mm, does it? Right, when you taste it, there's a flavour comes up. I'm not sure what it is, then disappears and just feels like water. May I try? Yeah. Do you like it? There's nothing, I don't think there's a lot there to like. Or a lot there to hate. It's just nothing or something, is it? It's very watery. Yeah. Is it the ice? Should we try it without ice? Yeah. I think it's the elderflower that you put, you, that flavour you say is slightly coming up. I think that yeah. might be elderflower. Yeah, I can taste that. I can taste like uh, now, it's like a little tingle on my tongue, but it's nothing... Yeah, smell. I the elderflower eating smell. Mm. Very, very. That's coming through much more strongly than the juniper is, isn't it? But again, okay. It's it's watery. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't like drinks that are overly sweet, and I I get in the feeling that that's got very little sugar in it. Um, so per hundred milliliters, there are only twenty three calories in 100 milliliters mm. so i think that that's quite a low sugar um i uh, yeah i mean it's it's not it's not blowing my mind but i could i could have very you know i like yeah, if you, if you, that I like, chilled i imagine it's quite refreshing like, i like sparkling waters that yeah. just have a kind of a, a, hint a hint of yeah. something in there but what i would say about it my only real criticism of it is that it's not very junipery no it's not very junipery at all it's it might be nice with mm. gin <laughs> there's a theme emerging here it's fizzy water with a hint of elderflower that's yeah. what that is. I can't taste the juniper in that. No. Practically can't taste no. the juniper in that at all. If you want to drink this as an alternative to gin and tonic, what I would suggest <sighs> doing is just pop in a few um, 
dry juniper berries in. Yeah, or yeah, that's a good idea. But a little, garnish, yeah. Yeah, a few garnishes. It'll it'll really infuse that that flavour. It tastes the tonic though. It's got like a. It got has got that quinine bitterness. The sea lips fascinate, but this is, it's not a lot to it, is it? It's just no, so nothing to recommend and nothing to damn. Let's move on to Gordon's ultra low alcohol gin and tonic flavored drink with a hint of pink grapefruit. The alcohol level is point. Le, it says less than 0.5% volume. Yeah. Um, so why, if, why bother leaving it in at all? Do you think? Because it, it, do do the alcohol must give it a flavour. A must, certain it must do, but it smells nice. It smells a tiny bit soapy. Mm-hmm. Tiny bit synthetic, but yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, mm. there's a oh, it, it's tangy. Is, is it botanical? No, it's tangy, citrus it's all the way. Very yeah. And there's oh, that is chop. It's making is me it? mouth water. It's making yeah. me. I taste that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That is sour. Yes, yeah, very sour. But you know what? I really like that. It's tasty. I tell you what that'd be nice with. You just pop a gin in gin. there. Yeah. <laughs> you pop a gin in there. That'd be really nice. It's a t- it's a nice taste. The, the mm. grapefruit's nice. But it's just... it what oh, over-exaggerates its tongue. Like. As a soft drink, I like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, gin, I'm not really getting much juniper no. kind of... I think uh, if you put a Roku in that, because that's yeah. a sour gin, that'd be a taste sensation. That then would grip, why would you want to? That would grip the nation. Mm, that for me wins over the. Oh, a hundred times that Belvoir. Belvoir is like pop. So my my summation yep. of this whole alcohol free nonsense <laughs> is that it'll be great. Yeah, if you with had some, some gin. proper alcohol in All them. right, but but on on a slightly more. Uh, I think my favourite, the most exciting one, has been the um, seed lip. The garden one oh eight. No, not that one. The, oh, that one. The, gro- the, the metallic growth. It's gone metallic and it's gone weird, but I think I think I would find myself fancy in one of them. Yeah. Every... Um, for me, I'm going to go with the. Just for the challenge of it, I'm going to go with the seed lip. Uh, Garden 108 followed closely by the Gordon's ultra low alcohol and then if I just fancied a kind of sparkling water with a twist the Belvoir Botanica Botanical Juniper and Tonic the Botanica and I'm completely stone cold sober well done I'm going to go right so alright we're going in order I'll go there Um, Seed Lip Grow 42 then the the Garden one that tastes no no then the Gordon's yeah then the Garden and then that uh Belvoir. Okay. Uh, in fact, I'm enjoying pronouncing it wrong now. The <laughs> Belvoir, uh, Juniper, and Tonic. Yeah. Because that was just, it was nothing or something, really. Okay. All right, well, there you go. Yeah. Sums it up. Um, if anyone knows of any other interesting low-alcohol or non-alcoholic alternatives to gin, uh, let us know because we'd love to try them and we'd love to review them for you. Well, thanks once again for listening. I uh, hope you all have a lovely couple of weeks and we will be back very soon. Yeah, and if you've got anything you want to hear on the show, feel free to get in touch with us via all our social media. As always. As always, and we look forward to hearing from you. See you soon. Chin chin. Mother's Room Podcast was written and performed by Matthew Reed and Sarah Dunley theme tune written and performed by Holly Jazz Cotsier.